This is episode 540 for January 2019. And you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is Britney Spears with uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. You're probably wondering, why the heck Britney? Well, uh, 20 years ago, in 1999, this was the most popular song in January. And it just so happens JR is talking about January 1999 when they rebooted the Spider-Man titles. The long legacy numbers ended for a new number one with John Byrne and uh, Howard Mackey. Before we get on to that uh, spider history, I want to thank people who make episodes like this possible. And they do that by logging on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. So publicly, I want to thank Stephen, Frederick, Dom, Christopher, hashtag something good for you. Symbiobro, Jose, Will, Taylor, Nick, Alex, Stuart, Stephen, John, JB, Hafskimo, Michael, K, Michael, O, Andrew, Patrick, Laura, Brian, Craig, Jonathan, Federico, Matthew, Ricky, Lee, Thomas, Dowd, David, J, Michael R, Michael L, Frazetta Hulk, Alex, Michael R and Mayor and of course Robert. So if you would like to uh, support this podcast, help us pay the bills, which are not cheap by my head. <laughs> so every bit helps. Gang, I really do appreciate it. Log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. Also, you can, uh, if you don't want to do Patreon, you can log on to our front page. And on the right side, there is a PayPal pot. You can do a one-time donation to help with the bills and make sure that more episodes like this and all 540 are available for you to stream and download 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 12 months a year. All right, Brittany, take me to JR's segment. Here we go. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our January Spider History. We haven't done these in a few um, years, a few months, JR. What's going on? Feels like years sometimes, though. It's been a while. It's been a while. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll remember how to do one of these. <laughs> I think it was like the summer we stopped or something like that. I could be wrong. And to join us along for the fun is George. What's going on, George? Oh, not much. I'm sorry. I just got a critical text from my mother. I apologize. <laughs> No, uh, I'm I'm good. Uh, awesome. A little short notice getting here tonight, but I made it happen. Very happy. We we were going to record it last night, and I I got a little under the weather, and I said, "Fellas, I can't do it." And I I texted, uh, I said, "You want to do it again this tonight? Try it again." And then the boys are ready. So awesome. So Jr., we are traveling back twenty, count them twenty years ago, to nineteen ninety nine. Prince was singing a song about it. And Howard Mackey and John Byrne were rebooting things. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2 Number 1 came out this month, along with Peter Parker's Spider-Man Volume 2 Number 1, along with Web Spinner's Tales of Spider-Man Number 1. This was a big month for Spider-Man getting rebooted. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And and not only that, uh, but uh, this actually is uh, very prominent in the uh, uh, crawl space history because the very first spider history that we ever did, mm. uh, show number 59, oh, God. uh, when Brad, when Brad introduced the show, in fact, uh, it was the, uh, January, 2009. Wow. Uh, podcast. So this is a 10th anniversary of those. 
So this is not only the 20th anniversary of the reboot, this is the 10th anniversary of Spider History. Wow. Uh, but uh, Spider History was a little bit different back then. It was Brad, uh, I, I tried to find it and listen to it. I didn't have time, but uh, it was basically Brad going going around doing a around the table and saying, anybody remember these? Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, it sucked. So, you know. That- <laughs> Uh, this, uh, this this volume is also responsible for Jr. and I even knowing one another. Oh, I get out of here! Get out oh, of here! Oh, this was. Um, yep. Oh yeah. The uh, is that how I, I did I, spider I, history back in the day? I, I said, does anybody remember? It? They all said yes, and it sucked, and then we moved on. I, I'm, uh, I'm. I don't I'm remember doing, that. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of hyperbole, but it really wasn't. He's making uh, stuff up, George. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was when the entire show, for example, was an hour. You know, so the segments were, remember those days? Oh, so the no. segments were like, yeah. you know, we talk, everybody would talk about their memories of it. And, and sometimes like none of, I wouldn't have even read the issue, you know, in question. And we just would have moved on. And it really wasn't until the hypno hustler. And then finally the Joey Z episode. Was that whereas, still in 2009? So, uh, no, 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 no. That, that was, uh, that took about, a few years. About 2010, we, we got into a pattern. 2010. That we, yes. That we've, we've continued for. 10 years almost. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny, though, looking at the reboot now, uh, back, I mean, we've been through so many reboots now. Uh, we, I think we forget uh, just how traumatizing, I suppose, this was for us. Uh, yes. Because it, it wasn't so much that the titles were being rebooted. It was the reason why they were being rebooted. Um Basically, uh, to, to, to go back in time, and it's kind of funny because I was reading some of my old notes from one of the articles I wrote, and Spider-Man sales, monthly sales had been dropping. The Clone Saga, they'd actually gone up to like over 300000 a copy, and then they started dropping to 200000 And then apparently, I guess when they reached the dreadfully low total of 120000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They'd kill for that, wouldn't they? And uh, but Marvel decided to, re- you know, Marvel, you know, Marvel decided to reboot. You know, it was they they wanted to reboot because, uh, you know, it wasn't because the the the, the quality of the storytelling uh, was problematic, or it wasn't because Spider Man had, you know, five titles and the character was way overexposed. Uh, but uh, it was simply because he had aged and got married, so they needed to reboot. Um, but. Um, so we all approach this with a great deal of trepidation, and uh, unfortunately, our all our fears were pretty well realized. It was painful as a longtime Spider-Man fan to not have issue four thirty-three. Is that it? It would have been four forty-two. Oh, four four forty-two. Got it. Yeah, it was painful to have a new Spider-Man number one and not have a continuing numbering. I thought. Yeah, that's what I said. It was, I mean, for some of it, for also comic nerds, it was, uh, it was traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, one, because it was done completely capriciously too. It was, uh, again, I mean, this is old hat now, but you know, the, you know, using the new number one to, to juice up sales. And, and uh, this is the first time which led to a 20 year messing with the numbering. Yes. That was joke. Yeah. I say this fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, who was the editor? This is Bob Harris's problem. Yes, this is Bob. Yes, this yeah. is Bob. You know, the Bob. We're in the Bob Harris era. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. All right, let's take us through Amazing One. Volume well, two. you know the thing is, first of all, uh, it, it when uh, before Spider Man was rebooted, uh, we had the dreadful Gathering of Five and Final Chapter storyline where Norman Osborn decided to, to uh, uh, involve himself in in mystic mumbo jumbo uh, as uh, in another attempt to to gain the ultimate power or whatever, uh, and he went crazy. 
again. Uh, and um, he and Spider-Man had some final climatic battle, which destroyed half of New York, destroyed the Daily Bugle building. You know, you know, Nor- 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 Norman's, uh, you know, brain is now composed to silly putty. Uh, and Spider-Man has just had it. He's tired. You know, Aunt May, we had thought Aunt May was dead for years, remember? Uh, and then Bob Harris decided he wanted to bring her back. Uh, so then this, we had the whole genetic act, the whole actress genetically modified by Norman Osborn to be Aunt May thing. Well, Aunt May come really comes back from the dead and Peter decides, well, I'm going to give up Spider-Man. I'm going to burn my costume, you know, because Aunt May is back and I'm going to be a good husband and Mary Jane and, you know, and, and all kinds of other crap. And, uh, that's just it. No more Spider-Man. Some, some of the stupidest storytelling in Spider-Man pre one more day. And didn't they take a month off between the last volume one yeah. and volume two? Mm-hmm. And it was like a uh, recap issue for the month. Well, we were, I think they were, that's when they started chapter one, because that's another oh, debacle from this time. Yeah, period that's well. right. Yeah. It was running concurrently yeah. with this and uh, what Peter Parker. No. Yeah. Like, Peter. Yeah. Well, Peter Parker, what are the, the, of the four sp- monthly Spider-Man <clears throat> titles, spectacular and, um, uh, it wasn't web. <laughs> it, was, it was friendly neighborhood. No, 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 it wasn't no. friendly neighbor. Uh, sensational, sensational. <laughs> yes, sensational. Yeah, yeah. Tago. Yeah. So since they were canceled, and Spider-Man Unlimited was canceled, and then it was just uh, amazing and Peter Parker, and they right. rebooted both of those at the same time with new number ones. But also at the same time, uh, they came out with it with Chapter One, which was uh, John Byrne. Uh, was uh, originally it was called Twice Told Tales, and when it was first announced, it was John Byrne was going to go back to the early days of Spider-Man and kind of reorder things. We didn't have a whole clear, a real clear picture of what he was doing, but uh, basically, kind of like the what the gist that I got it was okay. Taking all that we know about Spider-Man now and everything that happened, let's go back to when it started and kind of start telling these stories as if we already knew this wider universe existed with all these characters and other things of that nature. And it was about as popular as gangrene. Well, it, it didn't have to be, unfortunately, but it, it the, the you know the execution was was awful. I remember uh, I remember when Jenkins came aboard on PPSM and he mm-hmm. said in an interview with somebody, he was like, I, I asked them, do I have to use chapter one? And they were mm-hmm. like, no, you can just pretty much pretend it didn't happen. He was like, okay, mm-hmm. great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what you have to remember too is in chapter one, number one, um, they rewrote, they redid Spider-Man's origin where Peter Parker, uh, when he went to the uh, the lab and got bitten by the radioactive spider, rather than just some miscellaneous scientific demonstration, and he wandered in there, got bitten by the spider, you know, felt sick, oh, you know, then he wandered out, you know, and leaped on walls and crap like that. R- this now was a presentation put on by Doc Doctor Octavius, big old presentation, and then there's this big nuclear explosion, and it kills all kinds of people and irradiates a block or whatever, you know, and Peter's in a coma for weeks, and you know, and and. During that, when we during the time in the wreckage, you know, the the spider bites him. Uh, so and and um, so then he and then he finds out he has these powers. Well, Aunt Ben and Aunt Ben, Aunt May and Uncle Ben, feeling sorry for him, decide to buy him a computer uh, rather <laughs> than a microscope. And it so happens at the computer store, the burglar works there. And so the burglar, the reason the burglar winds up going to uh, Forest Hills is because he's he had sold Ben the computer. So he's going to go to Forest Hills and and, and uh, break into the Parker home and steal the computer. And then that's when he kills Uncle Ben. 
So, you know, so, so Peter gets his spider powers by a big, in a big nuclear explosion uh, from a demonstration by Dr. Octopus and uncle Ben dies uh, after the, because, uh, because the burglar sold him a computer. Uh, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's as bad as it sounds, kids. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and Doc Ock didn't become just Doc Ock. He became pantsless bionic Ock. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, literally, if you see a picture of him, he's like metal arms, metal, metal uh, legs, uh, you know, like he looks he looks like a cyborg and he has no pants. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, so reminds <coughs> me of the time Norman Osborn was in his tidy whities and what was it? Thunderbolts or Avengers? Uh, new of uh, yeah, Avengers, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he turned purple, um, but anyway, so 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 Amazing Spider-Man number one opens up. Spider-Man has been missing in action for months, and the, the story opens up with the torch uh, writing a, a fire message in the sky saying, "Where are you, Spider-Man?" You know, and of course, you know this is th- this is one of the first things in this whole thing that rings false is that Peter never. Con- I mean, this is before. Johnny knew that Peter was Spider-Man, but Spider-Man just disappears. And Peter Parker, and he lets everybody think that anything happened. You know, he doesn't contact any of his friends. You know, he doesn't say, hey, I retired, blah, 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 blah. He just, so pretty much a dick move. You know, <laughs> you just, you drop out of sight you know, and let your best friend in the superhero community wonder where you are. And then there's another scene of Daredevil wondering where Spider-Man is, you know, because it's like, oh, I'm having to fight more of these street criminals because Spider-Man's not here to fight all these street criminals. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you know who Spider-Man is. He did it at that, that, that time. All you have to do is call him and find <laughs> out what's going on. You know, but it was like, where is Spider-Man? Oh, my God. How do we get in touch with him? Call him. You've got his number. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, so, so, so. And then, of course, we find out that not all, not are we, we're not in 1999. We're actually in 1969. Okay, because the Aunt May that has come back is a doddering old fool. Um, I, I, I guess I got to step back because right now they're living in a deluxe apartment in the sky. Because Mary Jane's super modeling career took off again. You see, because Marvel didn't know what to do with Mary Jane. I mean, because in Marvel's perspective, an attractive woman can only there is only two occupations for an attractive woman, model and hooker. You know, so. That, that well, it's why? Why do they have to make Mary Jane a supermodel? I mean, because they well, probably had I no idea the Mary Jane Hooker storyline. <laughs> exactly. So they made her a supermodel. But but uh, you know, it's like Spider-Man Three movie where Gwen's a model. Why is Gwen a model? You know, I mean, it's like, wait a minute, is that the only job you think a woman can get? Um, besides, obviously, the other occupation. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but there and 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 and, and, and May is saying, oh Peter, why would that uh, nice Johnny Storm try to contact that awful Spider-Man? And it's like, oh my, we're, we're an awful Spider-Man again. You know, I mean, Aunt May was over awful Spider-Man. Oh, I forgot she years that ago. The, that was the actress he told to. Well, he told the actress. Yeah, he told the actress he was Spider-Man. Got it. Yeah. But the thing is, Aunt May had 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 had, had revised her feelings about Spider-Man since Amazing Number Two Hundred. Okay. You know? yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, they weren't best buds or anything, but she'd come to accept Spider-Man, and you know, r- realize that he, you know, he wasn't a bad guy and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but now we're back again, and he's that awful Spider-Man. And 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 next month in issue two, I think. Uh, or in Peter Parker, number two, uh, Spider-Man's got to get Aunt May her medicine in time. So, I mean, we just do this major time warp. Um, 
So J. Jonah Jameson is is doubling down on uh, the anti-Spider-Man crusade because he thinks Spider-Man's hiding from him. So, you know, he... You know he's going to even make it worse, and uh, and it's like it just it's just the same sound. It's it's an old it's an old note that just it, yeah. it's like if they if they hit this note harder, we'll learn to sing to it. You know, they yeah. just got to keep pounding on it, and all we'll all eventually fall in line. But um, <clears throat> anyway, the scorpion shows up, and the scorpion's <clears throat> in a in a jazzy new outfit, uh, and he's got some new benefactors, and Peter's taking pictures, and then all of a sudden, this new Spider Man shows up. But this Spider Man flies, doesn't uh, have web shooters, uh, so so we know it's not the real Spider Man. All right, we know something's up, uh, and then <clears throat> and there's no curve, for, for, there's no curves to this Spider Man that shows up either. Brad likes his Spider-Man. I was Well, I mean, who's under the suit? We know, and it doesn't look like a woman. How close were you? <laughs> but anyway, I got anyway. to the staple, staple, uh, and quit. <laughs> so, so, but but you know, it's, but Peter can't worry too much about uh, the new Spider-Man or this jazzed-up Scorpion because he has an interview at Tricorp. You know. <laughs> And, and folks, if you remember, try. I mean, give Dan Slott uh, uh, credit. <laughs> Dan Slott did this, did the same trope, except it was called Horizon Labs. Yes, the exact same trope. But for all, all of Dan's other miscues, he actually did make the Horizon thing work. Uh, I, I don't think that Howard. And I hate to bash Howard. I mean, but he was the writer on these. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think he knew what, to, what, once he did this, he had the whole idea of introducing new characters and giving Peter a new job. And I honestly don't think he knew what to do with it once he did it. But Peter goes to Tricorp and then he meets the United Nations worth of care, worth of characters. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, he meets an Asian woman. He meets a, a hip white dude with a beard who does look like a, a Max Modell about, you know, a hundred pounds lighter. Wouldn't that be uh, funny if that was Max Modell? <laughs> well, no, it was uh, it was like Harold Thorson or something like that. But anyway, so we got skinny, cool George Carlin looking white guy. Then we got fat, nerdy white guy. Uh, we have an Asian woman, and then we have an angry, an angry Hispanic. Um, and then I, I, I think that Mackie wanted to have two more characters. I think he wanted to have a black character and a handicapped character. And I'm betting that John Byrne said, well, I don't want to draw that many characters. So, uh, Mackie said, okay, well, let's make the black woman a cripple. And so we had a, a black woman in a wheelchair. So, I mean, it was just. It was so, too much. Adam on uh, YouTube chat says, I just listened to the podcast 648 where you guys were flailing sc- slot for copying Tricorp with Horizon. Yeah, we've done it before. Well, th- here's the thing. I mean, it's like not only was it just like Dan Slot ripping off Mackey's idea, the, the idea itself was horrible to begin with. <laughs> you know? You don't like Peter being in the, into science, George? I much preferred uh, what JMS wound up doing with him and teacher. making him a teacher. I, 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 I I much preferred that. Yeah. Uh, it's it it it's more. What's the? It's just a better fit for Peter. It's more natural. It's a better fit for Peter. Yeah, because it it lends itself to helping others more so than mm. working as a scientist in a huge think tank. I mean, we we, That's we, true. we get that in so many other comic books. Not. I mean, how many other comic book heroes were teachers? See that you aged know. the character. That even even our own beloved Brad Douglas said that it aged the character. I well, Brad Douglas was wrong. <laughs> I, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a superhero that's a teacher, and I can't come up with one. Exactly. That's why I'm saying that was the best fit for him. 
I mean, it was a novel idea, and it and it kept him around young people. Then it could invest him in young people issues and and oh, current issues involving young people young. who had problems. Charles exactly. Xavier, Charles yeah. Xavier. That's the only teacher I got. Which was which was uh, another thing back. And Jr., you've said this several times about how you wanted Mary Jane to be like a, a social worker or a psychologist, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I and I was the one that said, yeah, being a social worker would would allow even you know even more of that street level Spider Man stuff to come into play. Because Mary Jane would be like, oh, I know this kid, yada, yada, you know what, or I know this family, they're, yeah. you know, yada, yada. And then Spider-Man could get involved and then all kinds of, you know, who knows what's going on. So yeah. there, there was a lot of, of ways that it could have gone better. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you had Mary Jane as a social worker, she'd probably run into, you know, be running to Murdoch. I mean, you know, Matt Murdoch and doing pro. I mean, just it, it just had a way. And Luke Cage and all that stuff. If you if you wanted to involve the wider Marvel universe, I mean, mm-hmm, yeah. there just was all kinds of ways you could go with it. But so anyway, the so Peter goes to Tricorp and he meets this United Nations worth of char- group of characters, uh, and and then the Scorpion attacks uh, because the Scorpion is trying to find somebody in particular. Uh, uh, because you know who his new benefactors have have outfitted him with something which has a biometric detector or whatever, and it goes off with Pete when he finds Pete, sees Peter Parker. So the Scorpion's been sent to find find Peter Parker, uh, and then well. Of course, you know, Peter does heroic Spider-Man things without anybody knowing that he's Spider-Man, stops the Scorpion. He gets the job, you know, goes home to Aunt May, brags to Aunt May that he got the job and, you know, and everybody is happy and there was much rejoicing. Um, So we have two backup stories then. And backup story number one shows the scorpion getting his upgrade and there's this mysterious figure with glowing eyes you know who's who's given the scorpion his upgrade and says serve us well and and the thing the thing is though it it almost it it, it almost reminds you of nick spencer's amazing spider-man number one uh because I don't know. I don't know if Mysterio got an upgrade or whatever, but I. But anyway, Mysterio's brought into it, and and uh, this mysterious figure, which is Caterpillar dude, uh, this mysterious figure implies that he's the one that brought Mysterio back from the dead or whatever. But you know what? And I whether intentionally or not, maybe it was unintentionally, but Nick Spencer's number one almost heralds back to that amazing number wow. one by bringing back an old foe, you know, uh, with the uh, and and. Uh, you know, and with the mysterious character we don't know anything about yet. But as this mysterious character turns, I'm sorry. I was going to ask, who does? Is it Doc Ock, if I remember correctly, or who was it? No, 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 no. See, see. Uh, fortunately, uh, I'm going to let you spoil this one. And like the time that you tried to spoil Amazing 156, uh, with, with <laughs> I don't remember Doc that Ock being the vagrant. You don't remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do now. Okay. You yelled at me. You said it's a thirty-year-old spoiler, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so on. no, no. This this see, this is the thing. I mean, I remember when Brad said he wanted to try to make like Spider History a half an hour or whatever. Yeah, I was I like, do. Oh no, no, not gonna be able to do it. But real real um, quick, you don't have to give um, me the. Who is it? Anyway, what, but, but see, no, I have to tell you. I mean, oh! the thing is, <laughs> no, this nuclear explosion killed a whole bunch of people except a handful. Okay, okay. and and and. and and in, in, in chapter one, number one, you see that Doc Ock has a, uh, his assistant, which is a, a woman uh, named Christine. She's very prominently featured, which didn't mean anything then. But now it's like, oh, it makes sense. Well, anyway, it turns out that the mysterious figure is Captain Power. Oh, God. Uh, I forgot which is about a, a Superman knockoff. But Captain Power is actually this Christine oh. person who transformed herself into a man, Captain Power. Oh, and Captain Power was, was hunting the, the survivors of that nuclear accident. Um, so so anyway, so the, so that the, the, 
backup story number one sets that up the the scorpion and his mysterious benefactor up and then backup story number two is you know called the powers of spider-man and basically what that is is that's trying to uh you know uh, get everybody on board with the new origin as Peter goes into a, a, the attic, I think, and looks through some things and remembers that accident at Dr. Octopus's lab. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was a, a big sell Captain job to try Power. to buy. Not seen in 20 years, Captain Power. I forgot about that. Okay. And not missed either. No. So you want to do uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man one now? Oh, absolutely. And then cool. we'll go on to Peter, Peter Parker, Spider-Man number one. Now, this, let's see here. By the way, the Dynamic Forces cover is one of my all-time favorite covers. It's Romita uh, Jr. with Spider-Man on in the rain. And it's my avatar on the message board, has been for years, mm-hmm. and inks by Romita Sr. And that is one of the I, it's probably top two favorite Spider-Man images of all time. That's been your avatar on the boards, I think, since I've <coughs> been at Crawl Space, which is like I, I haven't changed it, and you haven't changed <coughs> Burt Reynolds either. Well, the only thing I, I that's not true. I, I changed it and I made it into a GIF file. Oh, okay. Of of him laughing. It used to be just him doing, you know, Bandit doing this, and now it's oh, actually yeah. like him uh, him laughing in the hammock. That. Yeah, I have. I've had that. Uh... Still the Bandit though. Yep, they call you the bandit. Rest in peace, Bert. No doubt. Uh, it's been a long year. It's been a long year for old celebrities, hasn't it? Though. Yep. All right, uh, Peter Parker, number one. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> Peter is busy taking pictures at this. See, because the Ranger is being busted out of prison. The Ranger, a new character you've never heard. Uh, okay. Right? I, and, 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 and Peter and Peter is, is, is taking pictures of it. Um, and um, let's see here. I want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. And then the new Spider-Man shows up. Um, Does she have curves? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. You know, <laughs> You know, the thing is, it turned out that this new Spider-Man was Maddie Franklin, who participated yes. in the Gathering of Five ceremony and later became J. Jonah Jameson's uh, adopted daughter. But Maddie Franklin was a 15-year-old girl uh, who uh, then John Byrne decided to uh, change her to Spider-Woman uh, and start dressing her very provocatively. You know, yeah. uh, and, and had her and had her friend, uh, uh, kissing Peter Parker on the cover of an, uh, I was just uh, an Amazing Spider-Man. And then she was one, and and Bendis uh, had the character raped and abducted and alias. Mm-hmm. I mean, this character, and then finally killed. Uh, she was killed off by the Cravenoff family yeah. in the Grim Hunt. Yeah, so, who, who, who was it that wrote that? Because I, I remember at the time I was like, "Wow, how snuff film is this?" Because think, she like went exactly. off without a fight or anything. It was, was that one of Kelly. The, it was, may have been. It was one of the. It, it, I was thought it was either Kelly or Wade. I don't know, but it, um, it was. Uh, I remember hating it at the time. I mean, like really hating it. I mean, she's just like, okay, I guess I'm dead here. I guess I'll go off, and you can just kill me. And I was like, the hell, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like I, I never minded the character. I just I hated what was done with the character. Mm-hmm. For yeah. the most well, part, I mean, overall, in the character's history, Grim Hunt was. I mean, great covers actually, but a ghastly story, uh, a, a very ghastly, ugly story. And you had Spider Man pulling that one girl's face off. Well, she deserved uh, it. Yeah, she deserved it. But that's not that's not Spider Man, dude. It's not. Well, he did the same thing to Norman once, you know, where he adhered. I know, uh, I, I know but it's just not. I, I don't. I don't like it when Peter gets tortury. 
I just, I, it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on if they deserve it or whatever. You know, you're starting to sound a little bit like Jerry Conway, you know, who doesn't oh, no, uh, don't want the skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want the cops having the skulls, you know, so of the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So All anyway, right. the rate, anyway, this big story's going on because there's <laughs> this is the intro of the Senator Ward story. Remember oh, Senator Ward? The most boring. Anyway, Senator Ward is this prominent politician who everybody thinks is going to be president or whatever, and he's clean as a whistle, squeaky clean, an honest, incorruptible guy. You know, like I said, probably going to be president. Uh, and but the Rangers got a problem with him. The Ranger is after him, um, and um, you know. But the the new Spider Man comes and uh, and uh, fights the Ranger, uh, and Ward gets away. And but uh, but then. Um, Peter, uh, Mary Jane is flying in then from the, uh, from one of her modeling gigs. And in another moment that doesn't quite see, here's another thing, Peter and Mary Jane's relationship there uh, for years, their dialogue has been cringeworthy. And I honestly wonder if a lot of the people who've written their dialogue were married because <laughs> by, by the way, look at this panel. I have it up on my iPad right now. Uh, look at the embrace right there. Come here, tiger. I've missed you big time. That I, I, I honestly, I I don't see Mary Jane do it. I don't see a lot of people doing that in an airport. To be honest, um, I, I, I've seen I, I've seen some some shit go down in airports. Oh yeah, <laughs> what, not, if, not, what, not what have you seen, George? I, I'm I've, curious I've, now. No, this is you. No, this, is, this is a family show. I've but I've seen things in airports. See, bro. Mary Jane is also foreshadowing big time. She just said <laughs> the big time. Yeah. I have seen some things. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like De Niro on Taxi Driver. I heard things. I heard things. Didn't you drink with the Kingpin voice actor in a in an airport bar, or am I making that up? Not in an airport bar, in an LA bar across from the LA bar, the Hollywood Hills. There's like a Holiday Inn there next to the next to like the 101 uh, freeway, and uh, yeah, we we got smashed. Oh wow! And um, (laughs) we got smashed. I remember we were we were there. It was it was me and him drinking. He came up, drove home. By the way, he he drove home stone drunk. Ooh. I I walked like across the street, and you were my crooked. hotel, and I I was out there visiting Hero Room Girl Jr. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. That's that's the whole reason I was out there, and uh, and, and then I remember Oscar I was Lee Brown, right? Yeah, and I and I was uh, we, I was hanging out with him, getting drunk with him, listening to his stories. None of which I remember because we were both smashed, and um, <laughs> and. We we were talking to this one chick that I was also kind of hitting on at the time, uh, and wound up uh, waking up like when I woke up the next day, I like had her headshot, and I was because everyone has one in L.A. and I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, whatever, I got something to take home. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting evening, and I didn't know that he was actually the voice of the kingpin until I until you guys brought it up on the crawl space one night we were talking about it, and then I was like, wait, I got drunk with that guy. Enigma says Brad wants to keep this under half an hour and then proceeds to sidetrack us all all day. This is why I said we needed to keep because Brad originally was like we need to do three histories and and three Spider Man fight you know fight nights and I was like there's no, there's no way what are you talking no about way. what, no you, way. what? Yeah. you know and but anyway, like, anyway I mean you know George George is the same guy who goes into video stores and ask and ask the girl behind the counter if they have any superhero porn movies and then he reviews them for the podcast so I, I you know, forgot I, there's 
I'd forgotten who also picked Spider-Man up at the airport. Yeah, it's Jill, Jill, Jill Stacy. Jill Stacy is there. Jill Stacy is there. You know, uh, and Jill Stacy finds her in that, that first year, or eight, 18 months of stories. Jill Stacy finds herself in a lot of places that Jill Stacy is not supposed to be, you know, going yeah. to the Daily Bugle, going to Peter's apartment, falling down with Peter hanging posters or something, you know, and, yeah. uh, just all Awkward. kind of, you know, she might as you know you, you you could see the seeds the seeds being set for you know Mary Jane be the marriage either going away or Mary Jane dying and Jill Stacy being the new girlfriend and it was just all it was just all awkward and none of it none of it rang true none of it rang uh, as as honest Forced. storytelling um, you know Senator Ward of course we know he's a bad dude uh, because the the Ranger said he was and uh, then Senator Ward's TV talks to him uh, you know during the night and says. Oh, you know, you killed all these people, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so <coughs> so that's pretty well the the end of uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man number one. Yeah. Uh, then there's a backup story, which is just a real lame, sappy Uncle Ben story, where the power goes out in Forest Hills and all the kids cry, and Uncle ben, ha- ben has a little light, and all the kids gravitate to him, and they worship him. Uh <laughs> Forgot about that story, but it's it's you know I, the thing is I really even I haven't done I, I haven't done just how awful this 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 start was uh, because yeah. it only got worse. Yeah. Um, but you know, but but like I said, it it's just none of it rang true of a true honest. It was all agenda driven. Bring back Aunt May. Make make sure she doesn't know Peter Spider Man. Make take her back to the uh, hating Spider Man days. Needs her medication. Um, just you know, all, you know, stuff like that. One, um, one thing we also didn't mention: this was uh, some of the beginnings of variant covers that we hadn't seen to this day. It's common. We saw a variant cover on the wedding annual. I don't remember seeing variant covers before this. There were three variant covers for this number one issue. You've got the regular. You've got what's called the sunburst cover, where. There's a giant sun and there's an image of Spider-Man or something in the front. And then Dynamic Forces did that one cover I was talking about. So three different versions of this. Did it, you? It may, have, it may have been the first time that Marvel was really getting on board with it, but Image had been whoring out variant covers right before that. Right. Well, I, Marvel had some variant covers too. I mean, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred had that uh, a variant that it was like a gatefold tombstone or whatever. No. Because- I- I'm ta- th- those are I'm talking about variants as multiple different types of covers for the same issue. Those yeah. were like those were like holograms and foil. I don't think mm. there were ver- different versions like there were with this one. Mm. So, all right, anyway. uh, another number one came out then twenty years ago. Web Spinner's number one with one of the worst, ugliest covers I've ever seen. One of the worst, ugliest covers and some of the worst art you've ever seen as well. Yeah. Um, Web Web Spinners was uh, an idea that it would tell untold tales of Spider-Man, but scattershot throughout Spider-Man's history. It wouldn't be like the untold tales of Spider-Man that Kurt Busiek did when when they made Ben Riley the real Spider-Man. And so they decided to, since Ben Riley was Peter Parker, they decided to have untold tales of Spider-Man starting back at high school and old Peter Parker, old new Peter Parker stories, whatever. But Web Spinners was going to be anytime throughout Spider-Man's history. And this first one took place around uh, right after issue number 38, uh, the guy called Joe storyline. And right, apparently right before um, 
the the Green Goblin reveal. So it was it was it was in that period of time, and I believe this was written by uh, was this DeMatteis? Yeah, um, well, it was. Yeah, that, that, that explains the approach to Mysterio. Um, so basically, the story opens with an older Peter Parker standing in front of the the Aunt May's Forest Hills house, which now looks like it's been in a slum with <coughs> busted windows. I mean, it looks like a crack house. You sound uh, like I smoke, JR. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, where you know, I, I uh, since medical marijuana is going to be illegal or is going to be legal here in uh, in um, uh, Ohio, I'm starting to fake all kinds of illnesses so I can be treated with. It. <laughs> anyway, so excuse me, oh, excuse me. Uh, so anyway, so Peter, you know, we 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 we, we tried to build this. Demetrius tries to build this parallel between Peter Parker and Quentin Beck, because uh, Mysterio's the villain, you know. And so Peter, you know, we see Peter uh, trying to make some webbing, and he bl- and it blows up, and Aunt May comes in, and Aunt May is worried and starts fussing over him and babying him, and you know, Peter is just feeling humiliated, you know. And so then we go to Quentin Beck, you know, another person who's feeling humiliated, and Beck is trying to get a job, you know, because he's because he's a cramp. Uh, so he's having a hard time getting a job and we're all supposed to feel sorry for him. And then we're all supposed to feel sorry for him because his old man was a bum and, you know, he, you know, who didn't appreciate his, his gift for the theatric and special effects and things of that nature. And, and Peter and, and Beck uh, unknowingly go to the same movie house to watch the 1933 King Kong movie. And they start to bond over Willis O'Brien's anima, uh, animatronic King Kong. And, and, uh, but anyway, you know, it's, it, it's part of the, Mateus's idea that criminals aren't criminals because some of them are simply evil, bad, narcissistic, selfish, self-centered, lazy, trying to take the easy way out. No, 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 no. There's always, there's always something disturbing and, you know, and, and make you want to be, no, Mysterio's a bad guy. Come on. You know, he, he's a, he's a guy with a fishbowl and he comes up with goofy ass illusions and stuff like that. Don't make <laughs> You know, don't make him bond with Peter Parker. You know, that's just creepy. You know, particularly since Peter's only supposed to be what seventeen or eighteen at this time. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, the the uh, the the Mysterio then hatches a plot, which just gets started. Apparently, we we uh, it comes over the news that J. Jonah Jameson has died. Uh, and really what it is, it's Mysterio uh, has kidnapped Jonah and put Jonah in this illusion that Jonah's in hell, uh, which actually is kind of funny because Jonah says, I want my lawyer. And one of the little demons says, don't worry, in two years, he'll be here with you, uh, which actually is a rather clever line. But uh, this, this is a three-part tale. Uh, but some of the worst art. Um, and, uh, and you know, and, uh, an old girlfriend of Quentin Beck shows up and it, it just, yeah, this, this wasn't a very prominent, prominent, promising story. Michael Zuli was on art and I haven't heard of him since, but don't the, the issue wasn't a total wash. The backup was better than the front end. Yeah. The backup was supposedly Peter's last night with Gwen Stacy. No, it was, I thought it was the first kiss. That's what I mean. It was his last night with Gwen Stacy. Oh, I okay. I thought it was the, yeah, the I think it was like last kiss, kiss or last night or something like that. I but got it. Yeah, that's right. L- let's see here. Using the magic of Marvel Unlimited. Which oh, I you am- got that too? Oh, yeah. I got Marvel I've got, I've got it right here. It's got uh, uh, John Romita Sr. art, which you can't go wrong yes. with that. No you, no, you can't. Oh, speaking of art, um, hang on a second. Whoa. There's this, there's this, this, this awful drawing of Peter Parker that I've got to show everybody. But uh, is it by Zuli? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, here, I think this is it. Is, is this the panel? Oh, <laughs> is this it? Because I, the right, 
the is that it? No, no, that's the older. Well, that's an awful older Peter Parker, but this is awful younger Peter Parker. If you can see, oh gosh, let me see that panel. Yeah. Ooh, that's ugly. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, he looks like one of the Walking Dead. You know, like the 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 skin started to recede around his eyes. Uh, check just, check just, out J. Jonah Jameson right here. Check that out. Does that look like JJ? Looks <laughs> well, like JJ having a vision from heaven or something. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's some bad uh, art. But anyway, the 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 the, 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 um, the backup story was uh, uh, Peter's like last that. night with Gwen. So I like that backup. It was drawn by John Romita Senior. So that somewhat redeemed it. But Web Spinners uh, was another failed experiment. It only lasted about eighteen months. Um, but it did give us one great. But it was significant though. Was it, it was it was it was Paul Jenkins's dry run. Uh, for three issues, he did a chameleon story. That was his dry run before taking over Peter Parker as the uh, the monthly writer. So the last kiss between Gwen Stacy and uh, Peter was on a horse and buggy carriage in Central Park. Is that what I'm getting from this? Looks like it. Uh, yeah, probably they were probably being cruel to animals because you know that's uh, you know that that, that it's uh, if I know, remember it, correctly the the two storylines that I did like from Web Spinners it was the one that back up there and like you said, um, uh, Jenkins Jenkins chameleon story that yeah. was a really good really creepy chameleon story it really was yeah. uh, and then there was actually a Joe Kelly story which actually pretty good was uh, it was about prom night. And I like um, I like the uh, was it DeFalco and Friends did the uh, Silver Sable and Sinister Syndicate? Did DeFalco write that one? Let me look. I, I don't, I don't yep, know. they did. Here's the uh, the cover of it, which is a black suited Spider Man against the Sinister Syndicate, and straight up looking straight from the eighties. So I thought that was a good fun story. So, all right. Uh, you want to talk about anything else that came what, out this month? One more, one more thing real quick here. Okay. Chapter one, number three came out. And really all you need to know about that is that um, it, it's a, it's a takeoff of the, the, the origin I mean, not the origin because that, that wasn't done until Stern a few hundred issues later, but amazing. The original amazing two had done the terrible tinker and the vulture in two separate unrelated stories had nothing to do with each other. Well, John Byrne and his infinite wisdom decided to have the tinkerer working for the vulture at that time. You know, the original tinkerer story was that, that he was helping aliens. Well, no, the tinker, original tinker story was that he was an alien himself dressed, uh, disguised as a human and helping these other aliens. They were planning listening devices in the radios of various important people or whatever. And they were going to spy on the country and they were going to conquer the earth and something like that. But Spider-Man beat him back. Um, and apparently uh, uh, a dozen or more years later, uh, Lynn Wein said, you know, that was a pretty stupid ass idea. Uh, and so he said, well, not, none of those guys were aliens. It was all fake. And then uh, Stern, I believe it was Stern later, said that uh, Quentin Beck was one of those aliens. So anyway, but so anyway, that was a completely separate story. And then the second story was the vulture stealing diamonds and things like that. Well, yeah. Byrne decided to combine the two and have, what where the aliens came in, I don't know. But the Tinker was putting these tracers uh, so that the vulture could eavesdrop on like diamond shipments and see when there were diamond shipments or whatever. So, uh, which absolutely added nothing to the story. It made absolutely no sense. And Byrne drew the vulture with like a little tuxedo tie, the little tuxedo suit or something like that. Just uh, one of those uh, odd little revisions he made to characters that had absolutely uh, 
you know, no relevance and didn't survive him. Another thing that I remember about web spinners is uh, in issue 13, they introduced the Spider-Man unlimited costume, which was in that awful cartoon Mm -hmm. that lasted like 12 issues. But also during January, 1999, Spider-Girl number four came out. Uh, Slingers number two came out and two issues of Spider-Man, the manga 25 and 26. Thank you to spiderfan.org for helping with us with this research on this part. All right. Uh, was this a good month for Spider-Man JR? No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. It was a historic month, but not a good month. Just like when uh, Ayatollah Khomeini or Joseph Stalin is the times man of the year. You know, I mean, it's not, a, <laughs> it wasn't because they were good. It was just because they were notable. What, so what would you, in, in hindsight, 20 years later, what would you give grades for those three issues? <sighs> Oh, definitely uh, D's. I mean, uh, I wouldn't have given them F's because they didn't personally offend me, uh, yeah. which is the, the criteria for my F score. But, but no, they like I said, they they just were very, very they were just very awkward, and and you knew, you just knew that things weren't going to go right. And really, the storyline, I mean, you knew that you were being uh, fed subplots that weren't going to go anywhere because the Senator Ward thing lasted two years, and. And it the basically uh, the editors. I think Ralph Macchio took over as editor by that time, and he had to promise, yes, the storyline is going to come to an end, yeah. really. And uh, it was also so bad that Eric Larson basically admitted that he phoned in his artwork because the story was so boring. I remember that, and it, and it had like a Poochie D ending, <laughs> you know, from like The Simpsons. You know, it was like suddenly Senator Ward was an alien and then just went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got an alien pathogen infected him. And, yeah, and then bam, and then we never heard about it again. The, yeah, the, was, was, the only Mackie Volume 2 stuff that I liked was at the, towards the end of his run, that about 25 with the Goblin. Did you like that, JR? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did. It, it, uh, it had its problems, but uh, I uh, I liked it. George, was this a good month? Um. I'll, I'll I'll agree more or less with Jr.'s assessment, but um, yeah, I agree with this. Well, too. A couple of points I want to make out real quick that are anecdotal. Um, number one, because uh, you know we're talking about the Tinker, you know, and we're talking about how you know Len Wein was like, well, this story is stupid, and and while Jr. was talking about this, uh, he segued you know very quickly, and I didn't want to interrupt him, but um, it made me it made me realize you know a lot of times when when the original story is stupid, and there's many. Oh, oh God! Um, that a lot of times the retcon makes it worse because the retcon suddenly, yeah, pulls it back out and tries to address the problem when the problem was probably best just ignored. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and a lot of times the retcon is just as bad because it's like, oh well, this was really this, and then it's like equally stupid. We mm-hmm. we we kind of uh, Peter being a billionaire is kind of just better ignored, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. I mean, like, and 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 this is, you know, I'm I'm hopeful for Spencer and Spencer so far. It's kind of a mixed bag because, like, you know, like, pretty much the last ten years of Spider-Man going forward should not be referenced. It just most of it should absolutely not be, not be brought back up, not be talked about. Best left unsaid. Um, Spencer, for the most part, has done well forging his own thing, except that we keep bringing baggage in from the last 10 years iron man getting referenced yeah. carly cooper showing the hell up <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the last 10 years was a complete and total, and, and I'm sorry for cursing, shit show. <laughs> and absolutely, the, the quicker it's forgotten, the better. All right, that's a wrap on that episode. Uh, George got the last word on George JR segment. 